Well met, friends. Welcome to Athrachat, an offshoot of Athrabeth where we chat about shit. I'm Jude Vays. And I'm Steph Midlock. Hello. Hello. Uh, in this episode of Athrachat, we're going to finish up our little series on the Rings of Power Season 1. We're going to talk about Episodes 7 and 8. Give a little Ooh. hot takes. Yeah, we got all your hot takes. Wow, wow, what a season, huh? There's eh. been some highs, there's been some lows. Um, yes. But yeah, wow, cool. So what were you, what, do you want to talk about episode seven to start? Yeah, let's start with episode seven. Cool. You know, just a very quick summary for those who have forgotten, because I already have. Uh, yeah, dwarves. Oh, boy. They found a big old mithril vein. Yeah, they did. Um, mm -hmm. And yeah. Uh, the only real thing I wrote down here was Dusty Elrond, because <laughs> he looks very hot. <laughs> I was like, somewhere, friend of the show, Claire, is like, oh, yeah, okay, let's get a poster, man. I, I thought he would look great. So that's my thirsty take See, for this my favorite episode. part of that was Disa rage, for, rage hammering in their, like, apartment forge, which I thought was super cool. That was great. I wonder what she was making, you know? That's so cool. Or if she was just taking it out. Yeah, on I think something. it was probably just like, <laughs> yeah. It was great. It was, that was great. I mean, and unfortunately, you know, we have Prince Durin basically, you know, and Elrond really realizing they want to, they want to try and get at this. And Durin, you know, going, Durin's dad basically being super pissed off, right? Because he's like, I told you we're not doing this. But Prince Durin's like, come on, dad, you know, you're keeping us in the past. You know, we got to, we got to think forward, all, all these things. And the dad being like, nope, give me your little necklace. You're done. You're not my son anymore. Goodbye. It's a wild moment because, Durin Jr. feels right, but Durin Sr. is right. Ah. <laughs> but only because there's a Balrog in there. And Durin Jr. has no reason to, to, to know that. And Durin <laughs> Sr. doesn't know that. Right. Like, if it weren't for the fact that there is a thoroughly, like, random Maiar of fire in there, there'd be, he, you know, he would be fine. But it turns uh, out that there is a very lightly sleeping Balrog that apparently can be disturbed by a single leaf booping <laughs> him on the head. And, you know. Oh, that was so funny. I was like, oh, that's like me on a damn Saturday where I'm trying to have a lion. Yeah. And the leaf, you know, I'm just never going to, I can't sleep through anything. Yeah, that yeah. was interesting. Um, and, and of course, like, I think that's something a lot of folks have been waiting for, you know. Yeah. We've all been waiting for people to delve too greedily and too deep. And it sounds like, you know, this is what's going to do it, which is very interesting. Also, like, Disa at the end being like, oh, we're going to get it. We're it's You know, because she feels like it's hers too, right? She found it. Yeah. And um, I sort of was like, okay, step on me. That's amazing. <laughs> I was, I yeah, was into it. That was it. a fierce, fierce yeah. uh, uh, speech there. Yeah. Ooh, I thought it was great. And, you know, and there's, she's been all sweetness and light like this whole time. And now to see like this other side coming out, I'm like, yes, I like it. I'm into mm -hmm. it. Still love yeah. them. Still a couple goals. Although now I'm a little more worried. Yeah. <laughs> Well, and over in the Harfoots, we have Norian family, you know, they, they, they're still pulling those carts. They're come, they come up on an area in which it sounds it kind of feels like maybe were they, you know, blaming some of the pyroclastic material from. Yeah. The, the, that that seems weird. Sense. I'm not sure about the maps about that and how close yeah, they I were. I don't but, know how that works, but I'm yeah. not going to think too hard about it. Right. Seemed kind of far. But basically it fucked up their apple orchard and they're like, oh no, we're fucked now. And the stranger's like, oh, don't worry. I got this. And does like a little, 
uh, <laughs> like creepy voice and lots of laying on hands and stuff. And unfortunately, just like he's done in the past, he's almost murdered Nori and her little sister by having a tree branch fall on them. And everyone, but it works. He does again. heal the the orchard. He does, which is very cool. They find out the next morning, right? Yeah. Now, unfortunately, the three sexy evil people show up. Who yeah. I have to say. I am waiting for all the cosplay of this. I cannot wait. Mm, mm-hmm. Right? Because yep. they yep. look amazing. All three of them. I'm like, yes, 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 yes. So they they sort of show up and they're looking for the stranger. They're 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 about to actually walk off when Nori's like, oh, actually, they went the other way, right? Because the stranger at the end is like, I'm just gonna go my own way. Gonna go my own way. He's singing that <laughs> song. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so she tries to so Nori tries to get the three the three folks to go a different way and they just burn everything to the ground. <laughs> yes, they're like, "Hmm, okay, fuck you." And yeah. <laughs> the the dweller shoots fire at everything. Yes. Uh apparently didn't appreciate that. No, I guess not. It was still very cool, but also, oh, come on. Those poor yeah. those poor Harfoots could not catch a break right now. No. And then, but I feel like the most sort of the, the biggest draw of that episode was, you know, the, the aftermath of the battle for the Numenorians and the Southlanders. Yeah. Um, things are pretty fucked, right? I mean, it's, it's Mordor now. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's Mordor now. Right. Um, I liked all the scenes with Galadriel and Theo. Yeah. I, I, I think we're seeing some good Galadriel moments there. Theo remains like an idiot to me, and I'm not wild about that character, but I respect what they're doing with him. I know Isildur's not dead. And I don't love the whole, like, oh, he died, r- like, fake out thing. Like, it's really annoying to me, but whatever. I, yeah, okay, so just just quickly about Theo, I, Gladriel says to him, you know, do not take the burden of this day on your shoulder. You may find it difficult to put down again. That was, like, I thought really beautiful and good and like he's definitely not going to listen to her um and neither is she going to listen to her own you know good advice Um, considering that's her whole problem is that she has taken this on for herself yeah it's a very interesting pairing i think of the two of them together um and yeah the i mean about the isildur stuff like yeah they need to i i wonder if they're gonna have i mean whatever it's a way to get people back over to middle earth right and maybe even bring in a narion or something but i have to say that the sad horse was great i thought that was great yeah it i was thought you'd excellent, like that yeah it was an excellent like call back to well call forward if you will to aragorn and his pony and i just loved it i thought that was very sweet and that's i'm yep. gonna cry like a baby i cried i cried like a baby when that horse was like no i can't i have to stay i was like oh you're so brave anyway james was like jesus yep. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god Walt. but i thought it was great what else happens how brand is mortally wounded right yeah he basically got super stuck in the kidney the old kidneys there <laughs> But he seems to be fine. Before that, we see that Bronwyn and Arondir are fine, which is great. Um, that's There's a that's, nice little family hug there. Yeah, that was very sweet. I mean, I was like, okay, a little cheesy, but very sweet. Very sweet. I'm glad they all made it through. Bronwyn, I think, has like so much plot armor because they almost killed her so many times and she <laughs> keeps coming <laughs> back. So that's good. That's good. Um, yes, Halbrand is like super duper mo- uh, mortally wounded. Still able to... Ride a horse ride. for what yeah. we find out will be like, what, three or five days? Right. That seems rough with like punctured kidneys. Seriously, but- I like, you know, pull my side a little by like getting up like Job of the Hut too fast and I can't do anything for a week, let alone like, you know, ride a horse well, with a gut shot. As, no. as we will find out in the next episode, 
<laughs> he's also not mortal. So right, 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 right. So that's some good foreshadowing. So and and I think the you know the other important thing to mention here is that we find out that Muriel uh, uh, has lost her sight. Um, yeah. And there's a very, I think, interesting moment between her and Galadriel, right? Does she does she say something like, you know, like, don't pity me or something? I don't yeah. remember what she yeah. says. She she isn't interested in Elendil's pity. She just, yeah. Yeah. I, I thought that was that was very interesting. We'll see what they end up doing with that, you know? We'll yeah. I, I'm, I'll be interested to see what they do with it. I I uh, wanted to mention that I just mentioned her already. Sorry, you're on my brain today. But friend of the show, Claire Moore, who uh, her Twitter is at Claire Moore nine one four. She's an author and a Tolkien scholar who you and I, uh, Jude and I, have had the pleasure of actually hearing. I think at least once, if not maybe more. No, I think just once at a Tolkien Society talk. Um, she does a lot of work kind of analyzing Tolkien's writing and disability and the ways that it shows up and how it's sort of represented. Um, and she has a really, I wanted to call out a very interesting Twitter thread on this subject of Muriel losing her sight. We, Atherbeth, I think recently retweeted it. So if you're, you know, so, but go back and check Claire because it's very important to go and check out that thread. Um, I don't want to take Claire's words from her, but basically she is exploring the ways in which the showrunners might use this, um, this blindness and how it's going to be problematic if it's like kind of not done properly. And she says that, you know, there's been a lot of lazy writing already, so she doesn't have high hopes. But basically Claire says that like, it would be really great if the writers can show how like show a lived experience of a disabled person in a world that's sort of built for seeing folks. Mm -hmm. Um, And she says that they kind of do this a little bit on the ship uh, when, Oh, that's in the next episode. Don't talk about that yet. But that, you know, yeah, but the Claire would be, you know, disappointed if if the showrunners are sort of fall back on using this disability as something that like needs to be overcome or healed or like even a a revenge plot point right through violence like towards the yeah. orcs. It's such an excellent thread. I would definitely go check it out. Claire, thank you for sharing that with everybody. Um, yeah, I think you can make that a, a paper. That was so dope. So thank yeah. you. For, it, w- it was a perspective that I hadn't considered, and I really appreciated it. So thank you for that. Yeah. What are some of your other thoughts about episode seven, Jude? I think that one when I go back and watch the show in a binge, I will like episode seven a lot better. Okay. But watching it week by week, I was very frustrated with this show, uh, with this episode, because yeah. this was episode six was such a high point. Right. And then episode seven, the pacing was so much different. Yeah. And then episode eight, it comes right back up. Right. And in the course of a, of the season, when viewed in a run, that's great. Yeah. Th- that's that last breath before the burst of activity at the end. Yeah. But week over week, that felt very jarring and did sure. not – I was very, like, I was very anxious to see what happened and this reveals nothing. It's just a bunch of, like, setting stuff up for the finale. Yeah. yeah. It's like they needed it, but almost if it had come out as like a twofer again, right? Like if they had done them two by two in a way, right? This is not totally to your point, but similar friend of the show, Luke Sheldon on Twitter, who's wonderful and amazing. He, uh, I think, brought up an interesting point that that some more casual people, fans or whatever, have been disappointed by the show 
you know, because of like these lull moments or whatever. And um, and he, he suggests that like it's because a lot of us came into the show thinking it was going to be like an action show and that it's really not. If you know the source material, you know, like it's, yeah. Tolkien is kind of a slow burn. Right. And so and I but um, so I think that's what we're kind of experiencing in these like building moments these like threshold moments before big stuff happens but you're right it is really hard when we're so excited and we want to know what's going to happen you know so i I think you're right i think it's going to be helped by watching it in like a big binge yeah yeah for me it's not the action i'm anticipating it's the reveals ah yes Ooh, yes 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 yes. like and speaking uh, of reveals (laughs) yeah i was really by episode six i was pretty done with the who is sauron question yeah, I kept being like, the horse is Sauron, the lamp is Sauron, the boat is Sauron. Disa is Sauron. Yeah, like, Disa is Sauron, yeah. <laughs> and I was done with it. And yeah. so I was ready to hit episode eight and just get it over with. Yeah. Uh, like, I don't, the action is fine, but that's not what I'm watching the show for. I'm watching the show for the lore yeah. and, the, and the world and stuff. And this didn't do a lot for that for me. Yeah. Agreed, agreed. So let's talk about episode eight. Yeah. Speaking of big revelations. Yeah. Galadriel and Halbrand arrive in Regian and some fancy elf ladies chant over Halbrand and heal him. Uh, he then slides into Celebrimbor's DMs with some saucy smithing <laughs> ideas. And suddenly they're making sultry eyes over crucibles, much to Galadriel's consternation. Uh, while the two of them flirt over hot metal, she goes digging into Halbrand's family history and finds some bad news. She confronts him with a scroll showing that he cannot be the king of the Southlands. And he's all like, well, you said it, not me. Uh, Yeah, they have a very epic confrontation in which he has the gall to impersonate Finrod. Um, I have some (gasps) thoughts on this scene. Technically speaking, he can't do any of that unless she lets him. Because that's how Osanwe Kenta works. You can't. Elves can block uh, someone from entering their mind if they want. It's fine, though. Good point. Good point. What I thought was very interesting was a lot of the things he says to her are things that she will say to Frodo later on in in uh, their con in their discussion, right? um, Which I thought was dope. Uh, Yeah. And then we get this cool vision of the two of them as Dark Lord and Lady, uh, and then she rejects him. He flees, but not before he helps Celebrimbor crack the whole preserving the elves problem. Galadriel, however, suggests that they do not one ring, which can be corrupted, or two, which can lead to conflict, but three, which is balanced, uh, to try and offset his influence over them. Uh, so that is how those th- the three rings will be free of his influence, apparently. Elsewhere, the stranger is confronted by the dweller, the ascetic, and the nomad, who tell him he's Sauron. No, it's Halbrand. Um <laughs> Spoilers. Yeah. I know, I know. (laughs) There's no spoilers. They say that they're going to take him to Rune, where his powers can be found, and that's where his constellation is. Only problem is he's not Sauron, and this is quickly established when Nori and company show up, and the stranger whips the shit out of the trio using the Dweller's staff to save the hobbits, or the Mm -hmm. whatever they are, the not hobbits, the Harfoots. He banishes them, and they are revealed in all their corpsey glory as something akin to Nazgul. They're sort of proto-Nazgul. Yeah, I have a lot wraiths, of right? questions. Yeah, they're wraiths of some kind. I have a lot of questions about this scene. Wow. He decides he will go east, however, to see what's going on in Rune, and Nori decides to go with him, and oh, yeah, he's also Gandalf. Where uh, is Rune? 
East. Oh, I know. And he's also, he's also uh, Gandalf. Rune is the, remember, the, the, the Sea of Rune is what's left of Quivienen. Right. Oh, right. Yes, 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 yes. Quivienen being the lake where, the, the ancient lake where the elves awoke yeah. for the first time uh, in Middle Earth. Okay, good, yep. good, 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 good. In Numenor, Yarian gets a chance to sketch the king before he dies. He mistakes her for Muriel and leads her to the Palantir. She appears to move to touch it, which seems fine. Nothing bad ever came from someone touching a Palantir unprepared. Uh, I'm sure that she'll handle that gracefully and not at all turn to evil. Well, she's probably going to be like the main person driving the faithful, right? Because she's heard the the king's like pro- proclamation, and she. Oh no, you know, I have the uh, I have the opposite theory. Oh really? I think she's going to design the temple to uh, Morgoth. What? Yeah, I think she's going the other way. No, I don't think so. No, yeah, that's my theory. Um, I like it. Muriel's fleet returns to Numenor to find all the ships and buildings decorated in black flags, indicating that the king has died. In Mordor, Sauron, now bedecked in a dope Anakin post-Vader pre-lava cloak, walks into his new land with villain face. That was amazing. Did you write? You wrote all that like as we were getting ready for this episode. That was beautiful. Thank you, Babylon Five. Pods cat beep bad pod summaries for the ex- lo- many years of experience in teaching me how to write so- salty and saucy summaries in a hurry. <laughs> There's a lot um, to unpack in this episode, that's for sure. So we get a lot of answers to questions that people have been debating for quite a quite yeah. a long time. Uh let's <clears> start <throat> out with Halbrand to Sauron. Uh that's sure. the big one. Yeah. Did I want uh, Halbrand to be Sauron? No. Right. Am I mad about it? No. Because the way that they did that reveal was fucking dope. Yeah. They nailed the landing on that one. Yeah. I did not think Charlie Vickers had that in him. <laughs> did not know, think he that he had it. that in him. It was and spooky and good. The change in his demeanor when he goes from like, you know, dopey troublemaker to I have been awake since before the first, the breaking of the first silence and I've had many names or whatever that line is, is creepy. I know. It's so good. That was so and good. He is very good all throughout that whole scene. So I very much look forward to seeing him as Sauron going forward. I, as others have expressed, I have questions about mm-hmm. how they're going to do Anatar. He name dropped Anatar in an interview after the episode aired. Okay. Which is interesting. Yeah. Is he referring to the fact that like Calibrimbor refer- like that he meant he like the whole like gifts thing came up? Yes, he said while he like, was flirting oh, with Calibrimbor. Yeah. So like I don't know if that's like already if that was their reference to him being Anatar or if Anatar is still coming. Like I don't know what's going on there. We don't have the other rings yet, so theoretically we still have rings to make and maybe he'll come back for that. I don't know. Yeah. We're missing in theory, rings. <laughs> in theory, because Galadriel didn't tell anyone except maybe Elrond. What Elrond was up figured with figured it out because he he found the yeah, scroll. Right, he found the yeah. scroll. So kind of Elrond maybe figured it out. But if canonically Galadriel and Celeborn are going to go fuck off into the east and found Lothlorien soon, so if there's nobody in Eregion that knows Halbrand is Sauron, yeah. If Anatar then shows up, nobody's going to put the do the math and put that together. Right, right. 
It's so a classic case of no communication cross-departmentally, right? For yeah. goodness sakes. Fucking uh, make a memo. And normally that bothers me, the whole, like, character's not talking. But in this case, it actually works. It makes sense that, like, Galadriel would be very nervous about revealing that she accidentally brought Sauron in. Like, that's a whoopsie. And yeah. I understand n- not, not b- being scared to bring that up. Yeah. I, can I uh, yeah. just interject a little bit about Halbrand? So Halbrand is, was someone who I pretty early like thought could be Sauron. And the reasons, I, I don't remember like when we talked about it, but like there were some things in Numenor that happened that yeah. I felt were like obvious tells, right? Like his little fight, like with those Smithy guys. Um, yeah. And then also that really iconic shot in the prison where he is standing over the shoulder of Farazond, right? And yeah. um, sort of a guiding Farazon. And so, and I was talking with my husband, our producer, James, about that. And I was like, whoa, it was so obvious. It was so obvious. And, you know, and we sort of talked about like, yeah, but that's because we know the books really well and we know the lore. We know, you know, I, I think yeah. it's that probably maybe was not as obvious to folks, you know, who are oh, coming yeah, into no. this without the knowledge of the Silmarillion. So I'm glad that I, I guess I caught on to it. I thought, I thought it's so obvious that it can't be Halbrand because it, it's, it's too obvious. You know what I mean? But then it turned out to be, I was right all along. Yeah. There right were two, thing. I was of two <laughs> minds on that in the sense that those were such obvious tells, but it also contradicted with the Anatar stuff. Yes. Right. So I was like, this has to be a red herring. Mm. Right. But it yeah, turns out I was overthinking it. Yeah, I think you, you had were. the right I, of it I, in the agreed. Yeah. I think it goes back to um what is it called? Ah uh, shoot. The economics of the economy of character, right? Where, yeah. you know, it's expensive <laughs> to make this shit. They're not gonna put people on screen that don't let you know what I mean, that don't matter. So yeah. I so yes, I think you're I think you overthought it a little bit. I think we all did. Um yeah. but yeah, and there I'm were a, definitely folks and who I'm had not it. mad about it at this point. Yeah. I think it yeah. works out and I think they'll sure. I have faith in these showrunners they i may debate some of the choices they make but i definitely yeah. think they understand the material and they care about the material and so i'm willing to give them a lot of rope on this sure. stuff absolutely and they, i mean you know that's the thing like this whole this whole show is based on like people evolving and stuff and we're gonna see that in sauron too right like yep you know so yep. uh, I definitely think uh, Adar is fucked because like was it the last shot was uh, Sauron like marching do, 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 yeah. into Mordor into Mordor to, like, yeah. go take it over. Adar's in trouble. That's Adar's that's for sure. Yes. Yes. yes, 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 uh, yes. The stranger. I want to talk about those three. The dweller, the nomad and the ascetic. How did we get these names? Did you? They're, that's how they're credited in the, okay. at the end of the at the end of the show. It's pretty uh, dope. What do you think that can you just talk about what you think that means? Like what what does that mean? Like what are like uh, they're so, like weird ghosts, right? So like are those powers that I don't know. I don't know. I just want to know. Yeah, cool. I don't know what so I don't know what they are. I'm Okay. So the dweller is the the one the sorcerer one, the one okay. that does all the fire magic. And then the nomad is the one wearing the helmet. Okay. And the ascetic is the one with the cat ears and the shield. Okay, gotcha. I just and, love, I love the imagery. Yeah, I'm very interested in the three of them because, like, clearly they are something. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, but what? Yeah. It's got to mean more than just, like, they wouldn't give them those totally cool names for nothing, you know? Yeah, and the, the, th- the way that they get, like, 
when they get bamfed by by Gandalf stranger, they look super wraithy. Like yes. they're all corpsified and the dweller has a crown. Yeah. And so I, I definitely think that they're like proto wraiths of some or proto Nazgul of some kind. The names are interesting. The ascetic and the nomad, I can kind of, I'm not sure about. The dweller is the most interesting to me because um, we have the example of the dweller in darkness. Okay. Which is yes. something that we get a name drop reference to in Tolkien lore. Okay. Um, I believe. Is that? Oh, no, that's a Marvel thing. I'm trying. I thought there was a a dweller in Tolkien. Yeah, isn't it the isn't it the big octopus thing? Yeah. Right in front of um uh, Is that the, what that is? Is east, that what I'm thinking of? The gate of uh, Moria. All right. Yeah. So probably not her or them or whatever it is. Um Yeah, probably not. Anyway, um okay. I'm very curious what they are. I'm especially interested though in when they get bamfed, they turn like there's this shot of I think it's the dweller's face with like a moth coming out of it. Yes. And then they what? all and then they all burst into fragments. I'm Yeah, what was that about? I have to imagine they're going to do more with this. Yeah. That's a lot of that was that's a lot of that's an expensive bit of CGI to do with exactly. nothing behind it. Yeah. For like the Mothman prophecies. Agreed, agreed, agreed. Um and plus, you know, moths and um thingy are like so linked, right? I mean, yeah. maybe not in the books, but in like the visual Peter Jackson land, people think of yeah, moths, and they think of thingy. I mean, yeah. it was interesting too because it was a little bit like Firefly esque at the end, which you know, like I think those were actually like embers and stuff floating around, but they yeah. had those same Firefly vibes that we saw at the beginning, which which was a sort of made us think that the stranger was not Gandalf when he really was the whole time. They were trying to throw us off the scent. Those jerks. Yeah. Yep. So I'm not sure what that what the deal is there, but I'm interested to find out. Yep. What do you? Th- I mean, do you like that? That in the end, like she ended up. So Nori ends up going with him, right? Yeah. To no, I I'm actually on board with that. I think it's a very nice little tie to have it be that part. W- the reason, one of the reasons why Gandalf has this fondness for the hobbits is that they were the first creatures that were kind to him, and they helped him become who he was. And so he's been sort of keeping an eye on their kind the whole time. I think yeah. that's really sweet, and I think that really is cool, and I like that. And Agreed. Uh, I'm totally on board with it. Yeah, I'm very great. interested to see them go into Rune. I, that's a nice way to solve the problem of, like, well, Gandalf's not supposed to show up for, like, another age, but we do know that he spent time in other places, so right. there you go. Now he's in Rune. Problem solved. Yeah, it might even be other, you know, because there was, there. some people thought, that, like, that there were actually, like, all those different shots of the comet, like, going at different With angles. different comets, and, yeah. Yeah, 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 that it's actually, like, all the wizards coming. So maybe, I don't know, could there be a, could we get any scenes from Rune, like, where we think we're going to see other wizards, or, or like, I mean, that would be dope. I, I do think, um, I, I the one, the one thing that I've been kind of meet Morp about a little bit with the stranger is that I don't know I, I I really like the lore that says I think it's from like the unfinished tales or maybe it's from the Silmarillion I don't know but somewhere it says that Gandalf you know when he was a Loren didn't really want to come 
Um, he, he'd be like wearing one of those shirts. It's like, sorry, I'm late. I didn't want to come. Um, yeah. he didn't really want to come and do this, but he was asked like specifically to come to middle earth and like, and fulfill this role. Right. So he came, but he didn't really want to. And so and he was chosen because he was such a cool, good dude, you know? So I just don't completely buy I mean, again, it's fan fiction. It's fine. It's okay that it's different than the original. But I just can't completely buy that, like, him, like, going to the dark side was, like, so, like, only depend on Nori basically telling him, no, oh, I didn't, you can I be didn't good. Read it that, I didn't read it that way. Really? Um, I don't know. I didn't think that that was all that would convince him to be good. I just think that it was one of those cases where she reminded him that he was good. Yeah. But he def- f- figured it out eventually. He would have remembered who he was. Yeah. She was just a catalyst for him to act on it. Yeah, that's true. I just, I don't know. Yeah. He's adulpated by his, by his arrival and is slowly putting it together who, he, who and what he was and mm-hmm. is slowly coming together. And he did, I mean, he would have remembered eventually yeah. enough of who he was to know what kind of person he was. So That's true. That's true. And yeah, okay, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. All right, that's cool. Yeah, I like the stranger a lot. I do hope we get an outfit change. Um, I don't really want to yeah, see him wear needs, a tarp for the entire yeah, show. He needs a <laughs> uh, he needs a better a better robe uh, for I sure. Know. What else? I am looking forward to all of the Galadrown Saradriel fix on Ao3 oh. about uh, Sauron and Galadriel. If like the what if. Galadriel had agreed to to Sauron's proposal there. Yeah. I think that that'll be fun to read. And you and I disagree about what Aarian is going to do, apparently. Yeah. I mean, I think what an interest. I mean, she's a new character, right? So she can literally do anything. So, yeah. yeah, So you think she's going to go and you think she's going to go the other way. She has not read to me as one of the faithful. I know, and I think they've done that on purpose, right? They've sort of put her with that no chin guy, <laughs> the, yeah. the son of Arf- the son of Farazon, right? Yeah, and I think she's going to take a look at the Palantir and yeah. misread what she sees and mm. blame Muriel for it and think that okay. Muriel has put them on the wrong path. And that'd be cool. Yeah, that'd be cool. Actually, that's dope. I mean, I really thought that they were that they're going to use. I thought I'm like. I will put money on the fact that they are going to like make us really like her. And then they're going to murder her when the island gets drowned. Right. And we're all going to be sad because we know that like Elendil and Arion and Isildur all need to make it out. But the yeah. daughter can totally get super murdered uh, by the waves and it would be very sad. Right. They're going to try. They're going to. I don't know. So I feel like she's she's heard the king's proclamation. She's looked into the Palantir to see like what's happening. And she's going to be like, oh, my God, we need to. We need to we need to get the faithful going. We need to get together. So we'll, I guess we'll see good versus evil, mm-hmm. right? <laughs> yep. I love it. I love it. I cannot wait. Believe we have to wait so freaking long. I mean, when is yeah. the next one coming out? Like next they're, year? Yeah, they're filming it right now. What? I haven't filmed it yet. Gee, now no. can I say one thing that I read that I'm worried about? What's that? So I read that. And this is not the part I'm worried about. I read that we're in the next season. We're going to meet Kirdon, who's a who is a I think Gilgalad's boyfriend. <laughs> I love him. He's a shipwright, right? Mm-hmm. He's the one in charge of Linden. I've been really missing him. I I can't wait to meet him. But yep. apparently, so that's not the bad part. 
I also read that that's the only other new character we're going to meet. Like I can't, the, no, I'm sure that that's not the case. That's what I read, though. And I got sad because I really, really want Galadriel to go and find out that Celeborn is alive and go save his ass, you know? I'm 100% sure that that Círdan will not be the only new character we meet. I'm sure there will be more. Okay. I don't know where I heard that. I must have read it on freaking Twitter. Who knows? Twitter's crazy. Yeah. You take everything that you read on Twitter with a grain of salt. Can I tell you, there have been some excellent, excellent like scholarship and stuff that's going on on Twitter. I yeah. mean, amazing. Can Agreed. I tell you my absolute favorite Twitter thread Please. of this whole show? And it literally just came out. Okay. So there's an amazing person um, named S.R. Westvik. I believe her first name is Sarah. And uh, she's done all kinds of stuff in the community. She's great. Um, she's an author. She's fantastic. Um, she, she has a Twitter thread. It came out on October 15th, 2022. So go look it up. And it's her tracking Elendil's mental well-being through the state of his hair. <laughs> and, it starts, and it starts out with him in like pirate angel baby mode where there's like a soft sea swept hair. And it basically like she goes through and like as his hair gets more crazy and disheveled. He's That's like, funny. It is great. It's very funny. Thank you for that. Uh, you made me laugh big time. I That's loved it. funny. Yeah, there's been some great stuff. I honestly, that's that's sort of like, I I sort of think, you know, maybe we can t think about our overall takeaways. And I think one of my overall takeaways for season one is, boy, I'm excited to see what scholarship might come out of this. Because I Same. think, you know, just with you and Adar and the orcs, like a lot of this has ignited a lot of people um, and brought up some cool stuff, which is great. Yeah, no, I'm very excited to see what happens with with this episode, with this show uh, when we talked to Don, Don Marshall, or uh, no, Don Don uh, Walls Thuma, Don Walls Thuma mm -hmm. about the fan fiction survey that she's done, yes. like two two iterations of now. Mm -hmm. One of the things I thought was really interesting was like the spike, the mad spike in participation in the fan fiction community after Fellowship, after Two Towers, after. Uh, Return of the King, and then after each of the Hobbit movies, like not as you know, some of them, not, some spikes not as big as others, and then they would fall off at the fall off for a bit. But that general, it would bring every single time, it would bring new people into the community, and then other questions that she had would be like, once you were in, did you what did you read besides the Lord of the Rings? And it would be like, oh, I read, you know, the Unfinished Tales, and then the Silmarillion, and blah 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 blah. This show is like. Oh, you want to read some stuff? Well, guess what? You got to go deep, friends. Yeah. And so I'm really excited about people watching this show and immediately having to dive into the to the to the weird stuff. Yeah. And this show is going to bring so many people into the fandom and I'm really excited to see what that does for the Tolkien community. I am so excited to read all the fan fiction to see all of the art, to see all the cosplay, to see all the new scholarship, all the mm -hmm. all the people that are going to be flooding into Signum and writing, independently studying and learning and what they'll be thinking about and what they'll be bringing to Tol the, the Tolkien academic world in the, the coming years. 
Yeah, agreed completely. Uh, this is such a positive part of this show. I know a lot of people have beef with certain things, but you cannot deny that the fact that let Numenor is now a somewhat household term, which is insane. Remember yeah. four years ago when I thought when we started Aftermath and I thought Numenor was a spa. Yes, I do remember <laughs> the that. wellness spa. <laughs> I mean, you know. So I just am very where excited Sauron that people where Sauron wore a uh, a monokini. Yeah. <laughs> Exactly. There's still time. There's still time to see Charlie Vickers in a monokini. He's just I I think he's beautiful. He's not my type. That's the problem. Yeah, but he's either. but he's very pretty. He's very pretty. I would like to I would like to see all of us. Every single person in that show in a tankini. Let's put him in there. That's great. Oh, maybe maybe not. On that yeah. note, I feel like we can't top it. So let's just end it there. All right. Our season hey, 1 hot take. We'd like to see everyone in a tankini. Yeah, baby. Also, um, yeah, it's just so, Jude, thank you very much for doing these Ather Chats. Um, we're probably not going to do them f again for a while because we really did them specifically for this show. But listeners, if you liked this sort of very informal format, let us know um, because there's a lot of like other cool media we can consume. Um, I'm still waiting for that Gollum video game to come out that looks horrifying. I'm definitely going to be playing that. We could, you well, know, there, I think we could find the, other Ather Chats to do. Theoretically, <laughs> the, the Rohan anime is going to be coming out between now and the second season i know i'm very excited <laughs> so we'll probably after a chat about that i'm gonna yo i'm gonna be after chatting all over after the place chat after about that <laughs> cool well thank you very much dude for breaking it down these episodes with me and pointing out some yeah. really cool stuff you have a thank really you. great perspective as a token scholar and a, and a friend and a funny person so thank you for that and thank listeners you. thank you very much for joining us The road may go ever on and on, but this Athrachat is over. If you enjoyed this podcast, please leave us a review on iTunes as it helps increase our visibility. You can find us on the web at podcast.atherbeth.com. You can find the show on Twitter and Instagram at atherbeth underscore cast. My pal Jude can be found at Aramidic Jude, and I can be found at the North Four. Producer James, who edits all of our episodes and makes us sound good, can be found on Twitter at Jay Pearson. Title music is Lord of the Devil Rings by Pony <laughs> Music, courtesy of Bond 5. Thanks for listening. Yes, I, I thought know that... that Oh, yeah, Sorry, go, go ahead. ahead. No, no, well, no. Oh, oh, yeah, go ahead.